Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Sports. On this episode, we had the pleasure of interviewing our guest, Nate Burleson. Our friend. Our friend. Our, our friend of the program, uh, Nate Burleson, as well as a little NFL Week 15 recap and Monday Night Football preview. So let's get it. Down goes Frazier! Auburn's going to win the football game! Auburn's going to win the football game! Curry, way down top. What's going on, Snapback fam? We are super, super, super excited to welcome our new friend to the program, Nate Burleson. Nate, what's going on, my man? I'm chilling, man. Just relaxing. How y'all doing? Long day of football. Great. As an Eagles fan, especially long day. <laughs> it's been yeah, a long Abe, why don't Why don't you ask the question that you've been waiting to ask? Just right off the bat. Right off the bat, uh, yeah. So I'm a diehard Eagles fan, Nate. And I guess let's just get right to business. You You down to come out of retirement? Like we need a wide out. <laughs> Plain you know, and simple. Funny, man, when I retired, um, you know, I, I walked away from the game, and I I, I kind of purposely did it, and I. I retired after two major injuries. I had uh, a torn uh, hamstring, and then I also broke my arm. And I remember my agent saying, it's a hamstring and a broken arm. Your bone's going to heal, and your hamstring's going to feel better. You can't walk away right now. played half a season last year with Detroit, and you put up 40 catches. So you're actually retiring um, right when we can start, like, making a lot of money. Because at that time, it was like $66,000 a week I would have I been paid at a minimum. Um, that's before negotiating my contract. So – I walked away from the game, and um, I knew that there'd be times I'd be watching football over the last handful of years where I look back and I'm like, damn, I wish I was still playing. Because occasionally I'll work out with some young dudes or I go to the gym and people will see me dunking, and they're like, you don't look like a retired guy. And, you know, I, I, I guess that makes me feel good that I didn't I didn't get kicked out the, the back door of any organization. You know what I'm saying? I kind of Yeah, yeah. I, I think you made a good point there about, like, when athletes retire nowadays, you get, like, they get the, the the phrase retirement attached to their name, and as they should because their career's over or whatever. But it's like you retired 12 months ago. It's not like you lost all your ability to play the game. Like people are like surprised when they <laughs> see you when they see you dunking and everything just because you're quote unquote retired. But like retired, how long have you been retired for now? Man, I retired in 2014. 2014. So, um, so yeah, I, I was drafted in '03 and then retired in '14. Right, so five years out of the league. I mean, at that point, I trust you more than Josh McCown, and my Eagles are about to throw him <laughs> What so, Nate, like, what position yeah. do you normally play in hoops? Um, I'm a point guard, a point okay. like a scoring point guard. So you know, when I when I left the league, I was around like a 40 20 vertical, so I was like head at the rim. So now, after a few surgeries, and you know, now being 38, you know, I'm, I'm still like 38, 39 is vertical, so um, I still can duck with ease. Okay. My head's at the rim if it's at, like, seven feet. I can do a college line. Oh, yeah, the, the dunkables. You're talking about the Nerf hoops. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Fisher-Price. Um, all right, <laughs> so so I don't know if you know, but I'm a, I'm a diehard Ravens fan, and I titled Lamar Jackson the Baby Goat about two years ago. And we know that you are also a huge Baby Goat supporter. <laughs> you said he will be the face of the NFL in 10 years. Last back May. In, in Last May. May. I saw that video today. That foresight that is impressive. Um, can our teams really – like, he's the African-American quarterback, right? So he's getting a lot of – he's either going to get hurt, he can't sustain it, someone can figure it out. Just let us hear the whole truth coming from an actual NFL player. Will he get figured out? First, let me say this. Um, you, you started off by uh, saying 
you're not sure if I know this, but you're a Ravens fan. I've met you on a handful of occasions, and every single time you have told me that you're a Ravens fan. So I think you like the Ravens. Um, but, you know, here's the thing about Lamar. There's a lot of things that he had to dispel. One, um, being so athletic, can he throw the ball? Because the misconception is that, you know, if you're athletic, you're not a good passer. Okay? He's proven that he can throw the ball. Um, next thing, and, you know, that's attached to African-American quarterbacks. Let's just keep it all the way real is yeah. that there is this um, perception that they're not as intelligent. And I know things have changed. The game has changed. And there's the Russell Wilsons, Pat Mahomes, and previous to that, there's the McNabs, and even dating back to the 90s, there's the Randall Cunningham. But as much as we might have guys we can point to and say, no, there's an example of a black guy that played quarterback, there still is a, a general thought that what we're used to seeing is what we should see. And this isn't even like, saying that only white people think this. African-Americans think this, too, because it's what we saw in the game for a long time. I mean, it's similar to the NBA. Like, what we saw in the beginning in the NBA um, before it was integrated was every position was white. And then once we slowly started playing in the NBA, it was like, all right, well, you at least got to have a white shooter. And then when you see a guy like, you know, Reggie Miller, if you're a 90s fan or dating back to Oscar Robinson, however further back you want to go, it's like, oh, man, black guys could be spot-up shooters too. Now <laughs> football, I think we're, we're finally becoming comfortable with just dismissing color and just saying, all right, is he a good quarterback? Cool. Can he throw the ball? Cool. Is he a good leader? Great. Is he a student of the game? And Lamar is a student of the game. And I'll take it a step further. I know people in Baltimore, and they're saying this dude don't even go out. He don't party. Think about a second-year quarterback with his type of popularity and how much – the average guy, just average guy, take the average dude that's working any other job. If he was Lamar Jackson, how many commercials you'd be doing? Baker Mayfield let level. Just, let Baker me... Mayfield level exactly. commercials. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, he got more commercials than wins, they're saying. That's ex- exactly. So you look at what Baker Mayfield did last year and the commercials that he did this offseason. Lamar Jackson last year, you can make the argument that what he did was more impressive than Baker Mayfield, yet and still Lamar's like, nah, my goal is to win a Super Bowl. The commercials, the parties, all that stuff will come. Like right now I have a very small window. So that's I wanted to get that out of the way, you know, the color of his skin and then his personality because he's very soft-spoken, very humble. He deflects praise. So I love the way he approaches it. Now, as far as figuring him out, this isn't a gimmick offense. This isn't like the pistol or the wildcat. This is a guy that – is doing what the game has seen before. It's just that he's doing it better because, one, he's fast. You can't coach that. You can't teach that. We say that all the time. Two, he has mastered the handoff and fake handoff. And then, three, he makes great decisions. Like, when he, when he pulls that ball back and he decides to throw it, whether it's a play-action traditional drop back, you know how decisive he is? Like, just I want everybody listening to pay attention to his next game. When he decides to throw it, it's just like, boom. I know where I'm going. That's not because he's trusting his gut. You can't trust your gut as a quarterback, bro. That's, like, that's the one thing you're, you're not supposed to do. You'll end up tossing a rock all over the place and leading the league in interceptions. But if it looks like he's trusting his gut, all that is telling you that he's seen that on film and he's trusting his guesstimation. That's all it is, right? If I watch film long enough, my guesstimation on who should be open is going to be more accurate than the guy who didn't look at film. Because if I see – if it's third and three and I've seen this defense, I've seen this formation, that linebacker lines up there, oh, and that quarterback starts to slide down, that safety shifts a little bit, damn it, I watched that so many times this week. My guesstimation is that they're going to run the play that I've seen in this tendency. Lamar Jackson is working on those subtleties. And that right there is the beginning, just the beginning of greatness. And I say it all the time on my show. You think it's impressive now what he's doing. Wait till his IQ – catches up with his, his athleticism. I mean, he might be something something that we've never seen. Right now, he's, he's tap dancing dangerously close to just being a pure anomaly. Cam, Cam Newton was big, fast, strong. He was quarterback LeBron. Pat Mahomes was prolific in passing. He was a magician out there. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys have had their moments. But none of these dudes were as fast as Lamar. So, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's the closest thing to a creative player we've seen in the NFL in a long time. 
I think, I mean, we saw it on Thursday night. He just broke Michael Vick's record, and we thought we wouldn't see anything like Vick before. And now you have essentially a bigger and stronger Michael Vick. And I he mean, broke Vick's record. He threw five touchdowns and leads the league in passing. <laughs> like, like that's crazy. It's crazy. And listen, Nate, me and Jack, we've been like Jack said, we've been best friends for years, and I, we're, we've been going at each other in sports for years, and I would never ever praise the Baltimore Ravens. Like I would, if I'm an Eagles fan. So if the Ravens and the Cowboys met up in the Super Bowl, it would be like twisting my arm. Who would I'd have to root for? But I, even right. myself, I'm struggling to find a reason to pick something against Lamar. And you find these people that are still doing it, even though he's still using his arm, throwing, going out there and throwing five touchdowns and leading the, is he leading the NFL in passing touchdowns right yeah, now? Yeah, he is. Yeah, and it's just we, ridiculous. If we go on to win the Super Bowl, winning, uh, whatever, 17 consecutive games, people would – or 15 consecutive – people would still hate on whatever he did, how he got there. It, it's crazy. There will just always be haters. I just love his attitude. He really does not care about – and he doesn't care about the MVP. He has almost a sick obsession with winning a Super nobody, Bowl. He said it nobody cares. Keep working. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. Yeah. I think what you said about Lamar, especially Nate, about being a student of the game is most important. Like this guy, he's played what the Ravens are. What's their record right now? 12 uh, tw- we're 12 and two. So he's, he's 18 and three in his NFL career. He's barely scratched the surface. And you talked about how learning more as you go is what's the, really the dangerous part about him. I want to bring this back to you a little bit. So you actually obviously got drafted by Minnesota and came into the league right away. And you were practicing with one of the greatest receivers of all time in Randy Moss. Well, can you talk about how that experience and being drafted in Minnesota and having to practice and compete with a guy like Randy Moss, well, not competing against, but you know what I mean? Day in and day out, how that helped you as a player? Well, it just helped shape me. Um, one, because, nothing humbles you like watching somebody who is truly gifted. Like God blessed Randy with attributes that not every human has. So uh, every day you're humbled and you know, like I gotta, I gotta bust my ass to prove to everybody on this team that um, I am a special talent, not as special as Randy, but I'm a special talent. All right. You guys want to hear some noise because I'm walking outside right now. Um, okay. and, 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 and what happens when you play with Randy is you start to pick up these subtleties. You know, it would be similar to, you know, playing with Jerry Rice or T.O. So, for me, like, I, I saw Randy every day, and I just took bits and pieces. I couldn't take his speed um, because that was Olympic. You know, I couldn't take his hands. They were much bigger than mine and softer than mine. Um, but what I could is I could pay attention to the type of routes he, he ran and how he pumped fear in DVs. Like, I would watch him from the slot, and he'd be on the outside, and I would see the DBs literally the whites of their eyes, and them leaning back on their heels. Like, straight-up fear. Like, straight-up fear. And I was always taught, like, as a football player, you never fear the next man. But I saw guys fear Randy every day. So, for me, I tried to figure out how could I pump that type of fear into the defensive backs that I faced. And it, it, it started to wear on me. So, like, I was spoiled. And when I showed Randy that I was talented and I cared about the game, I was passionate, that's when he opened up to me, and it was almost like he was he was giving me cheat codes. Because at that point, like, he was a bonus level. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to get past Glass Joe if this is Mike Tyson <laughs> punch-out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. you got to tell me about, like, that first day. You're walking in training camp, first day, Randy Moss, first receivers meeting. You had to have been feeling a little something, right? Like, you grew up watching oh, that I was, was starstruck. I was starstruck. Yeah, exactly. The only – the two dudes that I was ever starstruck meeting was um, – Randy Moss and Allen Iverson, and uh, That's my you know, was walking, walking, walking into the meeting room like you wanted to, like asking for his autograph, give him a hug, and, and you're nervous as hell and your heart's racing, but you gotta, you gotta quickly tell yourself, bro, don't fanboy out. Like you're <laughs> gonna have to play with this dude every day. And on top of that, like you don't want to be that creepy dude where he like has to <laughs> like get a restraining order on his teammate. You know what I'm saying? So um, it, it was, it, it was crazy. You know what? And, and, it took me a while to muster up the courage to talk to him. Like, every day I was like, no, what can I say? What's a good icebreaker? It was literally like looking at a girl across the bar and just nervous to go over and say hi. So that was me, like, all the time until, like, he realized, like, damn, this Burleson dude is pretty damn good. And from there we became super cool. 
There we go. Was was there that moment where he kind of gained your your or you gained his respect, or did you notice a turning point, or was it just over time? Well, he he saw me working at practice, and he saw the talent, and he saw the competitive nature in me, and you could tell he was looking. But it was like, I knew at that point he was like, man, everybody balls out at practice. Don't be a practice hero until you do it in the game. And then I remember my first year was decent. It was pretty good. My second year was when he tore his hamstring and we were crossing paths in the weight room. And he pulled me aside. He said, look, I'm going to be out like four to six weeks. And, he, and at this point, the news of him tearing his hamstring wasn't out. So I was like the first person that knew how long he was actually going to be out. And he said, so, like, ball out. Get your rocks off. Get your catches up. Get in the end zone. Because when I come back, this team is mine. And I'm going to get the ball thrown to me as much as I want. And I was like, damn. And, like, I walked away, and it kind of sunk in that, like, one, he was saying take advantage of the opportunity. That's what this league is about. But, two, like, like you're next up. Like, he could have went to anybody and said that. He could have went to a running back, could have went to Dante Culpepper and been like, you know, you got to do it yourself. He was like, yo, like, I see it. And that year I put up 1,000 yards. That was my, my best year statistically. I put up 1,000 yards and was cooking. Like, I felt unstoppable. And I think from there – like he realized, like, damn, like this dude is for real, and um, and that was like the turning turning point in my career. Nine touchdowns that year. That's pretty good. You did get your touchdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure did. So after, a, uh, go ahead, Jack. After Minnesota, you went home to Seattle. So you were born in Canada, but you were kind of from Seattle. I was raised in Seattle. Raised gotcha. in Seattle. Yeah, I was only there in Canada during my infancy. So. Um, but were I was raised you, were you in Seattle. A Seahawks man, that's fan? Were you a Seahawks fan growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, of course. Seahawks, so how Mariners. crazy was that? Playing for your team? It was team. wild, man. To, to, like, to like line up in a Seahawks jersey in a stadium where you look in the crowd and like I could like scan the field or scan the stadium and I would see like familiar faces. Talking about like my third grade teacher, you know what I'm saying? And like my ex-girlfriend from this like camp. <laughs> and it's like Damn, bro, this is wild. And um, it stressed me out. Like, I was panicking because it's a different feeling. Like, when I played in Minnesota, like, nobody knew me. I could create this character. I'm, I'm completely new. Like, this is, a, this is a new vibe. And then you get, to get home, and it's like, these are friends and family you're playing against, and you don't want to let them down. So I didn't want to be a bust. I didn't want to be a free agent that I was, like, looked over. And my, I remember my first year, I injured my thumb, and I didn't tell anybody. I couldn't catch the ball. I couldn't, I couldn't hold, like, a, a snapple. So, and I just – I taped it up every week, and I was just dropping balls, and I was, like, afraid to catch. And I had to, like, get my thumb li- ligament, like, repaired in the off season. But that season was stressful because I didn't want to be that guy who just signed and sits out with a thumb injury because you can't explain that. Um, and, and then, too, I didn't want to be labeled, you know, a, a waste of money or a waste of talent. And uh, it got so bad. Like, I remember somebody, like, tweeted one time, like – not tweeted because I don't even think Twitter was really popping like that. I think <laughs> – Somebody like reached out and was like, "Yo, if Nate needs glasses, like he, I have, I can send them somewhere because they thought I couldn't see the ball." And then I, I remember having surgery coming back that second year in Seattle, and I was like, "I'm out, to, I'm out to destroy everybody on this team. I'm going to destroy every receiver that they put me in competition with." And I ended up, you know, leading the team with touchdowns and and catches, and it was it was another one of them moments. Like you have these turning points. In, in your career that, like, really define you, or I, I would say redefine you. And it's it's a parallel to life. You know, you have these moments in your life where it's like a fork in a row. Like, who are you going to be? You know what I'm saying? So, like, football for me was – it was therapy because it, it, it helped kind of map uh, map out my life. Right. And, and you're seeing it a lot nowadays in the NFL with, like, guys holding out so they can get a little player empowerment and, and play where they want to play, right? You're seeing these guys have a lot of choices – so you had a – I was reading about – you had a, uh, a little interesting deal. You were essentially a restricted free agent, right? But Seattle worked your contract so that it was t- – Minnesota essentially couldn't match it, right? Something with Steve Hutchinson. Like, how did you end up in Seattle where you're just like, yo, you guys – you're my squad. Come get me like OBJ is doing nowadays. Nah, no, it, 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 was, it was a restricted deal where uh, I, was, I was signed as a restricted free agent by – the Minnesota Vikings, which was $715,000. I thought I was worth more after putting up 1,000 yards, but I did tear my PCL that third year. Um, mm-hmm. So Seattle, uh, being that I was restricted, you could, you could send me an offer. 
But the only thing about restricted deals is the team that you're with currently signed to can match the offer. So I went to Seattle. Seattle's like, yo, we'll give you four years, $15 million. But here's the deal. The only way that we will ensure that we'll, we'll keep you is that if we make this contract so crazy with poison pills, the poison pills are just contractual stipulations that make it difficult for the team that has you signed, sign you back. So they basically were like something super unrealistic. Like if Nate plays more than four home games, you have to guarantee him uh, a seven-year, $49 million deal. And the only reason they picked that random number is because that's how much they paid Steve Hutchison, who they pulled from Seattle. So, like, let's just keep it all the way real. It was kind of like a pissing contest between organizations. Steve Hutchinson was plucked from Seattle. And Seattle was like, I'm going to get them back by taking their next up-and-coming receiver, and then we're also going to make this poison pill deal, and they're not going to sign they back. Because at this point, third-year receiver, he's not worth seven years, $49 million. And I remember signing this deal in Seattle, and I was like, so wait, wait, wait. Like, is my contract going to read uh, – Four years, 15, or seven years, 49? He was like, seven years, 49. I was like, well, how am I going to explain that to my family and friends? Like, I'm not a $50 million dude. And they were like, I don't know. That's not my problem. <laughs> so I signed the contract, and I went back home to Minnesota because that's where I was living. And, um, and it was crazy. They were like, don't pick up the phone. Don't answer your door. Because they thought, like, Minnesota would somehow convince me and give me some type of deal that will poison pill them back. It was, it was like the wild, wild west. And I was like a third-year player, 24 years old. Like, this business is crazy. And that's when I understood the business of football sometimes can overshadow the football in football. And you got one of those, not lucky, but hard-to-get third contracts because you played Minnesota, Seattle, Detroit. Um, But on the more fun side of things, like, we all grew up playing Madden, right? Everyone loves a good video game. Did you, like, when were you a video game player? Did you play Madden? What was it like seeing yourself? Because we all used to, like, create players of ourselves, but obviously Abe and I didn't quite make the league. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I still do. I still got every every Madden that I was on. I still got it at the house. I got every system still at the house that I've, I was ever on. See myself on Madden. I'll date it back further. From 1999 to 2003, I was in college, and I was on the college football. Now, it wasn't my name, but it was my likeness. So I was right, at the University right. of Nevada, number 80. My height, my weight, cooking cats, good routes, good hands. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> like, where my tech at? And that's why they Did you ever get a bad rating? Realized, nah, nah, not really a bad rating, nah, because I always was humble and appreciative that I was actually on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we got to get into the hard-pressing stuff. This is what our listeners are wanting. So you talked about how you broke your arm. And while you were in the league, I yeah. I read about the story about the the accident and how it was caused. You want to just go into that and talk about? I, I want to know about how you were able to tell your coach how how you broke it. Obviously, yeah. So this this yeah, be, ahead, I know you guys ahead. asked me for a story, so this would <laughs> be my story because I got my wife waiting on me, so I got to hop off here in a second. So this is how it all went down on that on that Sunday. I'm cooking. I'm cooking um, the Washington Redskins. We're in Washington. Put up my biggest game statistically for Detroit. Like, like 100-something yards, literally unstoppable. Me and Matt Stafford through preseason, and that, like, beginning of the year, we were leading the NFL in, like, quarterback-receiver completion ratio. So I remember my coach looking at me like, you're in the zone, stay in the zone. I felt really good, right? Like, year 10, feeling at the top of my game. That Monday – my homeboy, who's from Seattle, is a, a director. He's like, yo, you want to be in a Mike Poser video? He's from Detroit. He loves you. I'm like, cool. I'm shooting a Mike Poser <laughs> video in Four Field on Monday. Like, it was crazy. It was a crazy couple of days. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy, bro. Like, it's kind of like what you dream the NFL is. You have a good game, get a win. You're playing well, high level. And you're in a rap video the next day. So, like, um, life is good. And I'm watching. And then, so that night, I go to watch the Monday Night Football game. I'm at. Happy's Pizza, shout out to Happy's Pizza. Um, and and I, I'll, I'll, get to, I'll get to the tagline that I gave them that, you know, brought them some business. And uh, so we're, we're chilling, eating a ton, drinking, relaxing, have a good time. Towards the end of the game, I'm like, let me sober up because I don't like driving tipsy. That's just not my thing. So we're in the car. I'm in the car, and, he, and Happy's my guy. His name is actually Happy. So he gives me a whole bunch of food, chicken, pizza. I put it in the passenger seat. I'm driving. 
I stopped by this hookah place right before I get on the freeway, which is these young cats that was from Detroit, and I always would go in there, and they show me love. I walk in, hey, what's up? Oh, it's a good day. It's crazy, bro. Oh, man. Have some shots. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. They're like, yo, you always have shots when you come in. I'm like, yeah, but not today. I'm driving. Minutes late. I'm going to head on. I'll come by tomorrow. We'll, 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 we'll toast up. And I think that, like, that decision not to drink right before I got on that freeway, um, I think that saved me because I had already sobered up. If I would have drank more and had liquor on my breath, I probably would have been in the papers for a different reason. Um, right. So then I get on the freeway, and I'm driving behind this van that I didn't see. It just popped up. And I instead of hitting the brakes, and smash all that pizza to the floorboard. I like <laughs> reached down to my right because they weren't buckled up. I yanked the wheel at the same time to the left. I'm headed towards the concrete medium. I'm like, damn. Okay, let me yank, yank it back to the right. And it's kind of slick outside. And uh, I'm headed towards the embankment. And I'm like, oh, I need I need to correct it. So I correct it one more time, and I'm, it starts to straighten up. And I'm I'm facing forward. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then it starts to head back towards the concrete medium and um i'm like i got this i got this oh no i ain't got this i ain't got this and then boom boom i hit it and my my right hand flew off the steering wheel because i just basically at 10 and 2 just held as tight as i can my left hand stayed on and because of that it snapped both bones Ooh. so i get out the car the only door it can open up was the driver's side i check my legs i start moving them up and down i'm like okay cool my money makers are straight and then I, I'm moving my hands, and my right hand's moving like a 1,000 miles a minute. And I look at my left hand, it's moving super slow. I pull down my sweater, and um, two, bones, two, two of my bones are displaced. And I'm just like, damn, this is crazy. And in my head, I'm like, this is wild. Out loud, I said, I just effed up my season. Out loud, talking to nobody. And, and, it, and it wasn't like my season. I meant like my season as the Lions. Because when, when Matt Stafford couldn't find Calvin, was looking for me like we had a perfect rhythm you know what i'm saying like it could have been special for us mm-hmm. and um so then i'm sitting there on the side of the road i pick up the phone and call my wife and then i call the team and then i just wait and i you know I, it was a very like a very surreal feeling because i knew that the city was going to be disappointed the team's going to be disappointed um and i remember a couple of cars pulled up one guy pulled up um it was a white dude he's like hey Hey, how you doing? You okay? You good? And he gets close. He's like, Nate Perlson? Um, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting on the ambulance right now. I'm super calm. But I'm like pacing back and forth on the phone. He like records with his phone and sends it to TMZ. And I, I don't know if he is assuming he's going to get like the whole like drunk NFL player story. But it didn't happen. And then a black guy pulls up. This is like 15 minutes later, still waiting for the ambulance. And he's in like a, a charger on rims. You know what I'm saying? He's like, Arr! and he's like, hey, hey, yo, what's up? You, you all right? And I'm like, yo, good, man. He's like, oh, snap, Nate Burleson. Oh, I love what you're doing in the community, man. Like, you really be out here like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, appreciate that. He's like, you straight? I'm like, yeah, yeah, the police coming, the ambulance coming. He's like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to take off because I should be here when the police come. And I was like, man, that might have been the most Detroit thing ever to happen. And uh, so he dipped. And and then uh, the the police came and and the ambulance came. They asked me the same story over and over, and I kept giving them the same story because they were trying to figure out if I was drunk or if I was going right. to make up a, a, something that happened. And uh, oh, I was just hungry. And then it ended. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? And it ended ironically, you know what I'm saying? Um, because I got to the hospital and as they're like they're resetting my arm, the bones to lay on top of each other, so I got surgery the next day. Um, uh, the nurse who was taking too much joy in that whole situation because it was pure pain, was uh, a Packers fan. He had, like, a Packers gold cap on, and he was like, uh, yeah, hey, listen, man, I, I know this is a bad time, but I'm kind of glad that you're, you're not going to play against my Packers. <laughs> no, he I didn't. Like, I, was like, I was like, this ain't really the time for the jokes, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I don't think he was And it was crazy because, like, it, 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 no, he wasn't. No, I, this is how I know he wasn't kidding. He said, um, so, all right, we're going to pull blood just to make sure, you know, you weren't drinking and driving. And the officer was there. An officer was on the scene in the hospital. He's like, oh, yeah, we already did the sobriety test. We're good. He's like, well, um, single car accident, we have to pull blood. That's procedure. And the, the cop was like, no, there was another car involved. We did the sobriety test. We did multiple of them. He's good. Um, he's clearly not inebriated or intoxicated. And uh, – and the guy was like, he was, he was really adamant. Like, no, no, I have to pull blood. 
And I was like, man, why does this guy want he, – it's almost like he wanted the story. You know what I'm saying? Like he wanted to be the one yeah. that was there working on the drunk Nate Burleson. And, but I was completely aware. I gave him the same story. And I was just sitting back. I think it threw everybody off that I wasn't, like, crying and I wasn't, like, in agony. I was just, like – I was just more somber. Because do they, I knew that. Do they test you while your arm's, like, broken? How's that even work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they wanted, the guy wanted to pull blood. And, and I, think, I think he thought that the cop just pulled, like, put me in the front seat and drove me there and was like, you're taken care of. But he, the, what the nurse didn't realize is the cop had put me through multiple field sobriety tests and then field sobriety uh, questioning. So he, the cop was like, we already did all that. Like, this dude's sober. Because I had my first drink at, like, 7. This was, like, 1 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I stopped drinking, like, four hours prior. So um, it was a wild, wild story. But you know what? As much as it bothered me for a long time, because when I realized I was going to have surgery, I knew that I had played my last football. Um, I, I thought to myself, uh, it's going to open up a door for something else. And it did. It opened up the door for – for what I'm doing now. Totally. What type of pizza was it? What slice was it? It was a deep dish with the uh, oh, pepperoni. Deep. Okay. Okay. I, I yeah. read that. Some, and the cop that... was like, the cop was like, what? He, he was like, so I was like, listen, I was, I was driving with my knees and I was trying to put the auxiliary cord and I was listening to Drake and the Take Care album and this pizza <laughs> hit the floorboard and the cop's looking at me like, this is a crazy ass story. And then yeah. he opens up the only door that would open and Drake is playing, singing like, oh, I miss my girlfriend, whatever he's singing. And then he looks on the floorboard, and uh, pizza's everywhere. So I tell people all the time, man, don't Drake and drive, man. It'll, it'll get you emotional. <laughs> don't Drake and drive. All right, Avis, three rapid-fire questions, then we'll let you go. All right. All right, here all we right. go. Best receiver in the NFL today. Best receiver is – jeez, that's tough. I would say – Julio Jones. Okay. That game-winning touchdown today. That was crazy. All right. Uh, Toughest guy that's ever guarded you? Like another cornerback that you hated going up against? Camp Bailey. All of Famer. Bailey. The GOAT. Okay. And finally, Super Bowl pick, matchup, and champion as of today. What do you think? Baltimore Ravens. Oh. They lose to the the, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. And a close one. Russell Wilson MVP. Okay. Um, Lats, before you go, a pick for Abe. Cowboys Eagles next week for the division. Who Come you got? On. In Philly. Come on. Pick down. I got I got the I got the Cowboys, man. Yeah. I'm I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I think we can win that game. But th- this <laughs> team, I mean, I don't even know what to expect day in and day out, so I'm gonna just take one day at a time, pray each day, and I might be there next week. We who who knows? That's gonna be a good game. <laughs> Back. All right, Nate. I appreciate Thank y'all. you. Hey, next time it'll be it'll be a little bit longer, but we'll do it again, though. Sure, Nate. Thanks, my man. Have a good All one. Nate, appreciate it, man. Take it easy. All right, fam. That was awesome. Nate's the man. Follow him on all his socials. Nate Burleson. He's doing really cool stuff outside of the league. Uh, as much of a superstar as he was on the field, now off off the field, off camera. I wanted to get the chance to ask him if he would join our uh, charity basketball team. He also never he also never said no to joining the Eagles, right? He definitely did not say no. But he, he didn't say yes, but he definitely didn't say no. That's what I got out of that. I was going to ask him to come play with us this summer because we're going to need a retool, obviously, with uh, the, the dynasty is probably going to come back with some vengeance. But he plays point guard, and, you know, with my ability to play the point, there might not be a spot for him. But we'll have to figure that out. But he didn't say no for playing. You're really games. holding on to this. Dude, uh, you, uh, whatever. Okay. Well, we'll kick it off with uh, the Eagles won and covered. And and good teams win, great teams cover. That's If you correct. guys didn't see it today, uh, the Eagles in a hard-fought win. <sighs> um, they Dwayne. Haskins, you guys let up 27 points to Dwayne Haskins. Be quiet. Dwayne Haskins um, – had a Hail Mary attempt at the end of the game. Strip sack fumble as time expired for the Eagles to cover the spread and make me a happy guy. But that doesn't have anything to do with my emotions during the four quarters of the game. 
But what's done is done. We won. It's on to Dallas, which we'll get into more on Thursday, obviously. Uh, I mean, we're getting into it right about now because Dallas smoked the Rams. I bet on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are good. It's just been, you know, an up and down season for them. I'm kind of bummed that they expose themselves as a good team, potentially. Uh, I knew they were good, and I think they were going to beat the Eagles before I saw their performance today, but now they're going to be pretty big. Not big favorites, but definitely favorites. Two and a half points. Yeah. I don't know which way that line's going to go because I think Philly fans are just going to shamelessly bet on themselves, as will Cowboys. Doesn't every fan base do that? Don't make that a Philly thing. Yeah, the but way, the way you phrase that, come on, yeah, as if like we're the only delusional fan base towards their team. I mean, you were talking about getting the buy two uh, about Three. four podcast episodes ago. No, that would be two weeks in real life. That's not true. That's not true. It was at least a month ago. Where we no, eh. all right. Regardless, you are <laughs> up there with the most delusional fan bases. But I mean, everyone's talking about the 49ers like they're God's gift to Earth, and right now they're the what five seed? Come on, yeah. What's your point? I told you, you don't want to see Sam Fran. They're a miserable matchup. And it doesn't matter. I do. Because next Sunday, I might be coming to Philly and sitting next to you, and I want to watch the Cowboys beat the Eagles. Thoughts? I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't, there's no way you would let me come. What do you, what do you, what's your point? You just want to be here so if they lose, like, you can talk crap. And if they don't lose, then yeah, your team's then, still the best record in the NFL. It's, oh it's a, a win-win win for you. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah, but if we I win, didn't say then they're the I, best team. I said they have the best record. Right. Do they even have the best record? We do. We do. 12-2, and two, baby. Soak it in. Soak it in. One game we play at the Browns, home versus the Steelers. Win one with a one seed. I actually – You've got to want to lose. You have to want to lose. I want to lose so bad. <laughs> but – not anymore because I don't want to have to win like a you know win a game to get the one. Um, I woke up this morning, like panic, panicked, like What's absolutely. Up, you want to get something? You want to get off your chest? Yeah. Uh, the the Ravens had just dropped two interceptions in the end zone in my dream. The Pats just kicked a field goal, seventeen fourteen, with six minutes left to play in the third quarter of the AFC Championship. I'm having night sweats over this already. Yeah, at least you at least you don't have to watch it in real life like I am. Yeah, you guys are brutal. So, how do you expect to beat Dallas if you allow 27 points to Dwayne Haskins? Cuz I genuinely believe like I'm a, I'm rooting for him. I'm a big fan, but he is just not a good quarterback. How do you figure? You didn't even he... watch the game today. Shut up. What? You didn't even watch the Eagles game today. I You're didn't just... No, 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 no. I've, I've watched three previous Redskins games in, in pieces. And so what I'm does just... that have to do with Carson Wentz? It has to do with Dwayne Haskins. That's what I'm saying. I, oh, I, I thought you were talking. See, I'm in my own head already. James. Yeah, you are in your own head. <laughs> um, You're shook. How did Dwayne Haskins do what Dwayne Haskins did? I don't know, but we won and you should piss off. So <laughs> let's drop that. Uh, do you... How do I expect to beat Dallas? Like, Dallas lost. They have good players. We have good players. Wait, we're what were you about us... to say? What were you? Dallas lost to who? Like, who were the you Jets. about? The Jets. The, the the Jets who have five wins. Okay, that's fake five wins. Okay, and the Dolphins have. You want to play the whole transitive property? Game no, 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 no. In the I'm NFL. just wondering. You're like, talking down on them. Sorry, they if... lost to the Bills too, and we beat the Bills. The, the Bills have like nine wins. The Bills, and if we beat them. We're recording on Sunday Night Football. If the Bills beat Pittsburgh and then win in New England, we get Brady on the road wild card weekend. Ugh. There's no way Buffalo wins in New England. There is, though. They're so bad. How do I think we're going to win? I've got three days before Thursday's episode to figure it out, so I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Rest of um, rest of week 15. Uh, okay, here Let's we go. Let's, I want to no, start no, no. with Hold our on. guy. Hold on. Who's our guy? Jameis. I, uh, love, I love that man. No, James, a huge fan of Jameis. But in, before we go there, let's just say a prayer. Officially, rest in peace. The Cleveland Browns have been eliminated from playoff contention. Wow. And they want to keep Kitchens around. The Cleveland <laughs> Browns are officially dead. May, may the 2019 Browns rest in peace. Remember when the Browns won the AFC North after week four? Like, on Twitter, the Cleveland Browns were – they were not only 
won the AFC North. It was over. But they were going to the Super Bowl. They were disgust. I mean, I mean, in fairness, in week like seven and eight and nine ish, I don't know how far this whole yeah. season's been a blur for me. But you were a little nervous about the Brown schedule's getting easier. Ours is getting I'm, a little harder. Yeah, no, I was, and then I just didn't forecast Lamar Jackson being like the best player in the league. Um, I did don't. Isn't it crazy now that I can say that statement and you actually can't even refute it? Like, it sounds like sarcasm, but it's not. Do you remember before the season started where you were talking about some situations in Baltimore that would inevitably lead you to drafting Trevor Lawrence next year? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm i a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to turn around whatever team gets him. But You know what you should do is – before you have to sign a quarterback, because we all know what happens once you sign a quarterback. Thank you very much, Carson Wentz. That's correct. Your window so, you can only win on a rookie deal or, so or an thinking, underpaid quarterback. So are you deal. still thinking Trevor Lawrence? Because at no, this point at this point we, there's never gonna be a such thing as an underpaid Lamar Jackson. No, that's correct. We have two more our window is three <laughs> more years. This year, the year after, and the year after, and then we gotta pay him. This year, the year after while he's yeah, still on his rookie deal. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But if another guy comes around, it's in terms of do it early, beat the market. So you, you, who knows when that extension's coming, but it's coming. <laughs> no, it's, it's coming. It'll be theoret- – obviously, it's in a few years. Theoretically, it- Patrick Mahomes is going to get $200 million this year, and Lamar Jackson will have a resume to say, I deserve more than that, man. That's correct. And as a fan, you should be mad about that. You Why? Should be mad. You should be mad at how good your quarterback is. <laughs> really spin zoning that one. Um, what do you want to talk about Jameis? They threw for like 500 yards and threw a pick on his first drive. Like, yes, he's the man. He's the goat. He is the the goat. goat. He is the funniest player in the NFL. He, he just doesn't. He's Madden. Dude, exactly. He doesn't give a shit. If there's someone, the first red jersey you see, screw it. And (laughs) it's unbelievable. This guy needs to be in the NFL. The NFL signs him. Someone someone said he's going to get franchise tagged. That means the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to pay him $30 million plus dollars See, to I play learn. quarterback. Figuring out the salary cap in the NFL is like figuring out another language and yeah. how it works. I don't know. Getting reconstructed. Get, I don't know. Too many big words for me. Tough day for my power rankings as my number two San Francisco 49ers go down on a last-second touchdown. Can we talk about them? My we will, but let me finish the statement. And my number five Tennessee Titans, they're not going to be in the power rankings for very long. I thought Tannehill was uh, kind of the truth. My dude did not ball out today. Houston won a big one and is now the favorite to win the division. I think they clinch next week, actually. If they beat. no, because they play Tennessee in week seventeen. But they have the tiebreaker in divisional record. So right. I'm not oh, sure how oh. that works. I think, oh. if I'm not mistaken, Houston okay. can clinch next week against uh, Tampa Bay, which obviously is probably a cakewalk. But who knows? You know that mm-hmm. that quarterback. Um, but I would like to discuss my one of my favorite teams in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. They stink. Okay. They are Stop abs- it. Stop it. Okay. Okay. You know who stinks? Don't say it. The Philadelphia Eagles. I got to get We already talked about the Eagles. No, no, no. We because it's such bull. Because every week, everyone who listens to the podcast DMs me, my roommates, my friends, my father. They're just like, how do you let Abe get away with talking about the Eagles every week? You can't talk down on any other team. You guys are so freaking you act bad. Like, you act like I'm sitting here claiming us the kings of the NFL. I know You're, what oh, our record is. No, no, you are because what pisses them off is when you say, don't let us get in. There's not a single damn team in the entire league that is afraid of the Philadelphia You know what you're doing Eagles. right now, Jack? What's that? I wasn't even talking about them. I was okay. talking about the 49ers. I just had to get off my chest. Yeah, but no. anyways, continue. I was talking about the 49ers and you, which leads me to believe that I'm a little bit in your head. And you're Maybe no you're a little bit nervous about the Eagles. But nonetheless, I was not talking about them. I was talking about the 49ers and how they are one of the cutest, most adorable teams in NFL history. The Atlanta I, Falcons at I, home. I, well, oh, oh, the Atlanta Falcons at home. Hmm. We lo- yeah, we lost in Atlanta. Nice try. No, 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 no. Your best team in the league lost to the Atlanta Falcons at home. Hmm. 
It's crazy how that works. Yeah, one it? has an experienced quarterback. It's and crazy coach how that works. Yeah, you love the transitive property. You no, 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 play no, no. That? But how are you going to say they're so cute? How did they lose to that? And then you say the Jack, Saints are the best. I don't. Tell me the Ravens are the best team in the league, or we're never recording the podcast again. Just say it out loud because no. you know it's true. No, you know they're not. They're not. <laughs> no, they're not. I will take experience over talent any day of the week. When when, I, when the weather gets cold, the lights go down. It's playoff football. No Booger McFarland to be heard. It's a beautiful time of year. And I trust the Saints more than I trust the Baltimore Ravens. That's it. That's it. Don't get me wrong. You guys are great. But I know come playoff time, the 49ers are going to fold. I am so confident. I can't decide whether I really want the Eagles to lose on Sunday. Jack, stop talking about the Eagles. No, no, no. I can't decide if I want them to lose on Sunday so no. we can actually be done with this. You want or, the latter half of this statement. <laughs> or San Francisco comes to Philly and beats you guys by 30 points. I can't figure it out. But That, um, that come to Philly sounds nice, though. A home playoff game? Oof. But let's, let's move on. All right. Uh, I mean, that's kind of it for the important games of the week. Like, there weren't many, many big games. Minnesota won. I thought it could be, potentially be a letdown spot. They went to L.A. and crushed the Chargers. Chiefs took care of business in the snow. Seattle got up big. Carolina kind of made a late run. They kept pace. Um, and who, oh, Derek and Carr then, got booed off the field. Actually, booed out of the state of California, essentially. Yeah. If you but, did the and then Green Bay. Did you see the end? Of, well, you were working that game, weren't you? No, I was uh, I was working the Giants-Dolphins. Did game. you see way the better, end of better. Chicago? Yeah, uh, I think that – you know this song? Nope. Yeah, you do. Come on. What is that? It's the Olympics, I think. Uh, Come on. I have zero clue what you're talking about. Charlie, Charlie, can you put in the... What you, Charlie knows what I'm talking about. He's going to put it in. But this is what the number 49 on the Bears heard during that last lateral play when there was clearly Allen Robinson right next to him. Was it Anthony Miller? I don't know. Right next yeah, to him, 10, 10 yards of open space. This guy saw the end zone and said... This moment is mine, baby. <laughs> and then got absolutely... I can't believe you don't know that song. Alan Ro- well, that was a horrible description. But no, Alan Robinson... You're going to hear my voice, and then Charlie's going to put in the song, and you're going to say, wow, that was pretty good. Alan Robinson could have walked into the end zone. That knocks the Bears out of playoff contention. Poor Mitch. Um, yeah. Should also, and poor surfer Mitch. Tough day for the Mitches uh, as both those teams get eliminated. I was wrong. I kept saying the Rams would come around and Seattle would falter. Seattle is just so overrated and cannot stop winning games. It's it's out of control. I mean, it's better to be lucky than good. That's factual. Uh, Which New is England... why you should be nervous because the Ravens are good. They're not lucky. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Dallas, massive win, but we kind of talked about it. There's really not a ton going on. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Buffalo has the lead. And, Eli. Uh, huh? so, so long, Eli. Right. So long, Eli. Last game at MetLife. Um, Career keep... 500. Yeah. Does he really not play the last two? You think DJ's back? Um, I kind of think... Eli Manning knocks the Eagles out of the playoffs after they beat Dallas in Week 17. No, there would be no, no doubt in my no, mind. No, Daniel Jones does. Eli Manning is really bad, Jack. He is a bit... Daniel Jones for sure knocks the Eagles out of the playoffs. Our boys say, though... Coming alive for the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, just in time for me to be out of the playoffs. Speaking of that, uh, is your Mitch Trubisky jersey? Oh, do you have to wear the Mitch Trubisky jersey to the Eagles-Cowboys game on Sunday? I think so. Listen, man. (laughs) How did you do in in the semifinals today? Of the Sleeper League? Yeah. I'm trying to pull it up. Shout out Sleeper for uh, sponsoring our fantasy league. We did a... a Oh, you... How do you do this? <laughs> yeah, my team is nasty. No, you either put up 40 points or 160 every week. It's ridiculous. So I took down the one seed. Um, I projected did 165. You, know, you knew exactly how you did, and you just wanted to make it dramatic. Uh, yeah, no, I was trying to pull up specific numbers. 165, and he's projected for 106. He was the one seed, 10-3. and three. I am going to face Team Pirelli in the final. So Is Chris Godwin going to be healthy for that game? No. No. No, he's not. Um, you got some matchup decisions to make. I do. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh. I'm going to get the narrative starting um, because I know it'll come about from the Snapback fam. Team League is rigged and Jack rigged it. If you guys want to 
We'll make. A I was seven and six. I we'll got. A, I got in on the last day of the season. Yeah, we'll make a group mate. We'll discuss how we're going to take him down. But there's some. There's blood in the water, and this cannot. If if he wins, which I think it'll be a little a little convenient if if he does. That's all I'm okay. saying. We'll, we'll so the winner going. gets five hundred dollars. Um, if I happen to beat Team Pirelli in the title, what should we do with the five hundred? I have an idea in mind, but I'll let you go. You ever you know the meme Kermit and Kermit the Frog with the hood? Yeah. So Kermit with the hood or without the hood says we should give it back to the fam, do giveaways, yep. or we should give it to a charity. Totally. And Kermit with the hood says we should bet on one game. And try and double our money. <laughs> uh, see, I was so excited to be on the same page as you for once. You were so close. I was thinking because we're so due that it would just go to the people's parlay. Okay, so yours is Kermit with two hoods on. <laughs> because I was thinking one single game. Because, listen, if it'll be next weekend. So it'll hit on Sunday, which will mean the 23rd is Monday. 500 times the normal multiplier is about 10 so we would win up to five thousand dollars think about all the gifts we could give back to the fam for christmas with five grand for those who are new time listeners maybe you just came for nate barlson jack is talking about throwing five hundred dollars <laughs> on our 14 parlay in the past two weeks we've gone one for eight on picks so, so we're due so we can let you guys decide but but then I feel like they're going to root against Pirelli in the championship, hoping that. Yeah, I mean, it does it does them no good. Oh, we wouldn't even know. We wouldn't even know, though. Yeah, I don't know. We'll to, we'll we'll have some we'll talks discuss. this week, and we'll see how many how many hoods we're actually putting on. Okay. Um, Monday Night Football. I mean, I don't even I'm going to go. That game. Huh? I don't even want to watch that game. Yeah, I'm going to go like thirty-one. Uh, seventeen Saints. The in Colts Orleans, had a good start to the season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We've been kind of getting some good Monday night games. I'm gonna go twenty-eight, twenty-four. It's in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, yeah. I could see a close one. I could honestly see the Colts winning. Just like uh, I don't know. Yeah, this league they, is so weird. It is weird. You it's just like you know, week in and week out, teams lose. I mean, not the Ravens. It's been ten in a row, but. Most teams weaken and weaken. That was such a forced, like, Ravens plug. That sounds Isn't it crazy we haven't lost a game since the month of September? Like, that is. All right, fam. (laughs) All right, fam. Thank you guys for listening (laughs) to another episode of Snapback Sports. We hope you uh, loved the episode with Nate. We're going to have him on again. Let us know what you think. Get in the DMs. Let us know what you think. Yeah, next time time we have a good guest, we will hopefully open up. Uh, questions to the fan, which I think would be fun. They'll have their opportunity to ask. Um, but other than that, we will catch you on Thursday. Make it's sure you- Dallas week, baby. Let's go. Nate's coming out of retirement. Let's do it. The link's going to be rocking. <laughs> All right. Peace, fam.